There is a story, and it is said that this story is of the soldiers of a certain king in ancient times. And that this king, he fought in a great battle, but he lost because he made a, a terrible mistake. And he lost the great battle by mistaking the shadows of the army that he was fighting for real people. And so what he did was he had his troops lined up and discharged arrows from a distance aiming at what really was the shadows of the, the soldiers. He couldn't tell the difference between the people and their shadows. So he fired towards the shadows and every one of them hit the target, but it was the wrong target. There's a difference between the substance, the reality of a thing, the realness, and the shadow of a thing. And if you're not careful in life, what has happened to this king often happens to us as human beings. The enemy messes with your sight and causes what is a shadow of the reality of what God really meant for true prosperity, true blessings, true freedom, true living. He has something that looks like it that we constantly are told to aim for, only to hit it to find out that it was just a shadow of the substance. It wasn't the reality. So if I were to title this today, I would just call this simply the shadow and the substance. The shadow and the substance. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. The NIV says it this way, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I want y'all to listen to that again. Guard your heart above all else, because everything that flows from your heart determines the course of your life. In life, you have dreams. How many of you have dreams? But you don't live your dreams, you live your choices. And everyone in this building know my saying. You make your, and then your choices make you. And many people end up in a bad place because of a bad decision. Has anybody ever made a bad decision in this room? Is anybody here today needing the Lord because you made a bad decision? I've made many of them. Amen. But the best decision I ever made was marrying Sister Sherry, hallelujah. Somebody send her that message. Send it. Come on, y'all got to help me. Make sure y'all tell her after service. You don't know what pastor said about you. Come on, it helps my marriage. Hallelujah. But many people end up in a bad place because of a bad decision or the lack of making a decision. Sometimes just making a decision can change your life. And what's true for bad is true for good. Some people end up in a great place because of a good decision. Amen. Life is a constant stream of decision-making. Every day you make them. And these decisions are going to determine where we all end up. Great decisions can be made when we have right information. A lot of times we make bad decisions because we don't have information. We don't have the, the insight on what we're doing to make that information. 
But the truth is, even when you, this is what frustrates me, even when you have the information and you know better, you still end up making bad decisions. That is because we are influenced by many things, by circumstances. Desperation can make you throw logic out. Come on. Come on, as a Christian artist, you look online, you see people getting mad views, you start doing dumb stuff on your, your Instagram because you're desperate. In your marriage, it's, it's, it's not going the way you want, you start doing desperate stuff. In your, your ministry, your career, your whatever it is you put your hands to do, you can become desperate in a situation. In your singleness, you can become and you end up settling. And then eventually you get a settlement. Come on, talk to me in this place. Circumstances can make you, and then, then when you look in hindsight, because hindsight is always 2020, right? Like when we canceled, like New York is crazy, right? Like we had, who sinned this week, by the way? Somebody sinned for all that rain to fall. Somebody, I'm convinced, <laughs> committed some criminal offense that bothered God and it had to be a believer because if it was a sinner he wouldn't amen but so whoever confessed quick because that rain was next level but we had to cancel the event Friday based on all the information that we weren't getting from our leaders I'm just going to leave that out there uh, uh, but we canceled the event and then soon as 7 o'clock roll around it was the best night New York ever had I said, the devil is a liar. The night was so calm and nice. I said, we should go out tonight. Oh, yeah, we had an event. But the, the point I'm trying to make there is that when you look back, you, you start to see that maybe that decision might not have been the best one. Maybe I could have made another decision. Now, this ain't about Friday night. In your life, sometimes you make decisions under pressure that you look back and regret. You make financial decisions under pressure. You put it on a credit card. But not only circumstances, but we are influenced by our lusts, our desires. You know you ought to honor God when you're single. And you know you got to make up your mind to honor God while you're single now. Not when you're in the heat of the moment. So that you don't get yourself in the heat of the moment. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know? Like, like if you're going to go in the car and then go to their house just to watch Netflix, you know what's coming after the chill part in this generation. I think that's what they, no, no, no. Honor God. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You know, married people, you got to honor God when you made a commitment, stay with that person. But you don't know how rough it is at home. That's what you signed up for. You didn't know that. They didn't tell you that. Who counseled you? Marriage is no, marriage is two people trying to become one. Not two people trying to hang together. Two people becoming fused together that you wouldn't even know when it's done that it's one. That is difficult. Amen, somebody. And so our lust can drive us to do things that we end up messing up our lives with. Our pain can drive us to do things. Because you're in pain and you want this to stop right now. Your, your emptiness can cause you to make a decision. You're, there are people that will leave church because they don't feel a certain way. There's people that give up on life because of all these things. Hurts. Your past hurts will drive you to make decisions. You know a lot of people live from their past hurt? 
Most of us live from there. You live in a, a lot of us are still trying to please somebody that hurt us from so long. You can be living for that, living by your pride, all these things. And I want to jump to the book of, uh, to show you this thing, because all these things cause you to, to aim for something in life. And if you're aiming for the wrong thing, you, you have this concept that if I chase this thing, this thing is going to bring me the joy, the satisfaction, the desires of my heart. It's going to fulfill me. But I would hate for you to hit that target only to find out this is just a shadow. This is not the reality. And so I want to jump to the book of Genesis chapter 16, verse number one. And I'm just going to run through this story real quick. I promise I'm going to try to get you all out of here in, in 15 minutes. I'm not going to preach long today. I told myself that. Amen. I know you all don't mind, but I do. Amen. In the book of Genesis chapter 16, verse one, the Bible says now Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him. But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. Somebody say Hagar. Hagar. So, and I want you to know this, y'all. Here's my first point. Everything that this woman's body was built to do, she could not do. Frustrated. Could not have a child. Have you ever been frustrated in a situation that you feel, this is not going the way I planned? We can all identify with that. I want you to know, though, that even though you have difficulties in your life, difficulty does not mean abandoned. Difficulty does not mean abandoned. Oftentimes, when you go through a difficult situation, you feel God is not with you. But I want you to know that even the God we serve allows difficulties for a greater purpose. I'll never forget, Shai has made his, my two boys are on their soccer team. Come on, give God glory. <laughs> Silas got his jersey. I put up a video on Instagram. I'm trying to push my Instagram hard today. Amen. You see me, right? But Silas was just sitting there when they were giving out jersey, and he's like, I'm just hoping I get a jersey. And the man gave him number seven after his brother's name. He was so happy. He got excited. I said, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's get this money. I mean, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> Let's enjoy sports. Amen. I wasn't thinking that at all. And then Shai came home and he made his actual school team playing on, on the league. And, and uh, I was just so excited for them. But I remember that first time Shai started playing soccer, man. And, and uh, uh, he was running. And one day he got hit by somebody and he fell. And his immediate thing was to look over to me. And my immediate thing was to run on the field and knock every kid out. Be like... I don't care who y'all are. You know what I'm saying? When he dribble the ball, y'all just move. But soccer don't work like that. And in order for him, if, if this is something you want to do, it comes with the territory. A lot of times we want things, but we don't want what comes with it. You want God, but you don't want what comes with God. You want faith, but you don't want trials that will build faith. You want marriage, but you don't want the, 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 the added, the, the, the. I was going to say the additional stuff. 
You don't want, oh, when you sign up for something, there are things that comes with it. And if you're not prepared for those things, stop just looking at the fantasy of a thing and look to the reality. Stop looking at the shadow of a thing and look at the reality so that you could hit the right target. And so sometimes when you hit difficulty, you think you're abandoned. And I remember that day, something in me said, sit and let the coach handle it. And the coach walked over to Shy, and I see Shy looking at me like, you got to come get me. And I know Shy can be a little bit overdramatic. I know Shy can make a, a point two hit sound like it's a 29 on the Richter scale. And he's starting and he's looking and he's looking. And the coach said, are you all right? Stood him up. Walk this. Do that. Do that. You good? All right. Checked him out and said, this is part of the game. Begun to talk to him. And I realized that day that even though he was in difficulty, he might have thought I abandoned him. But I was watching every minute of it to make sure that he was not hurt or harmed. That he had to go through what was proper to learn the game. Difficult, but not abandoned. And whatever you're going through today, I, I want you to know that it might be difficult, but God has not left you. Come on, somebody give glory to God for that. And sometimes these things can cause you to feel like my life is not successful. And because I don't have and I don't, I'm not where I am, I, I'm empty. But let me tell you something. If you've got God already, you have already attained success. Christians don't chase success. We start from success. I want to say that again. You don't chase love. You start from love. You don't chase dreams. Your dream has come true already. You don't, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. Because the greatest thing that will ever happen to you is a relationship with God. You plus God is always the majority. And I want to say this. Success void of God is not success. Success void of God is not success. Last night there was a, a young lady. She was interviewing all of the artists. I don't know if she interviewed you guys. She was from Ghana doing a documentary. And she came up to me and she said her name. And, and she asked me. She said, I just came from the Yankee Stadium where they did the 50 years of hip hop. And I want to interview the Christian artist now. And I said, all right, go ahead. Fire away. Hallelujah. And she asked me a question. She said, uh, her first question was, um, uh, uh, a lot of the people at the Yankee Stadium said hip hop say their life what do you have to say about that I said wow hip-hop saved their life wow that's a deep one I said uh I said I understand what they're saying they're saying that the communities that they're from they were probably headed in a wrong direction that they would end up in jail shot murdered or living a, 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 a crazy life but because they had this talent it gave them a job and saved them earthly from a a pathway that would have destroyed their life. So all due respect to that, it created a job, it pulled them out of the environment, but that is just an earthly saving. And I told her the disappointment is that it, it disappoints me to know that the things you're saved from, when you got saved from it, you now glorify and keep the others in the trap. There's a reason they call these things these names. You understand what I'm saying? I, I said, but, but, but I said, there's another salvation that I'm praying for my brothers and sisters because success void of God 
is not success. Uh, there is an afterlife. And I told the plane, I said, we are not a cosmic accident. We didn't just happen to show up on earth. We were divinely made. And the God who made us has a purpose and a plan. And one day when we die, we will meet him. And hip-hop won't save you. Money won't save you. Music won't save you. The only thing that will save you is what have you done with my son Jesus? And I'm telling you this, I can preach this till I'm blue in my face. Some people will get saved. Some people will hear that, leave here inspired. Some people will go back to their drinking, go back to their partying, go back to whatever, but never change their life. And it's unfortunate because they think planet Earth is all there is. The biggest shadow and not the substance. The biggest drug, the biggest lie is planet Earth. It lies so much to you, man. So I could imagine Sarah not feeling successful. And so she got desperate. She did what I don't know any woman. Well, maybe in 2023. It's different out here. It's different out here. It's real different out here, bro. This is what she said. So Sarah, I said to Abraham, the Lord has, look at this, wrong perspective, leads to bad decisions. She said, the Lord has prevented me. Instead of she saying, God promised me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. Amen. You, 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 amen. Hallelujah. There's a reason I'm laughing. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord has prevented me from having children. She said, go and sleep with my servant. I just, I could imagine Abraham at this point like, oh, all right then. Perhaps I can have children through her now watch this y'all who is speaking will always color what is being said she's talking as though God is saying this she starts off by saying God is the one be careful of people always come and tell you God said you know anytime I feel the spirit of God is saying I be I, I literally be sitting there like what did he sound like <laughs> I, as a pastor, one time I was challenged. Somebody said, you said something to me. Was it God or you? And I had to be real careful at that point. I don't know about every other preacher, and I throw no shade on them. Hallelujah. But I am very careful when I say God said. Because if I speak on behalf of the divine and he never said it, I just put myself in a lot of trouble. So, so she starts like, God prevented me. So here's what we do. And, and her pain, her desire is coloring her speech. But because she wants to make it sound smart, she's saying it in a spiritual way. Be careful of people who talk spiritual nonsense. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in the house of God. Who is speaking can sometimes color what is spoken. And she said, go sleep with my, my, my servant girl. Instead of her having faith and believing God's word, she starts now trying to get God to fulfill her words. I want you to know this. Faith has been taught in this 
American society that it is your ability to just speak and say and get whatever you want. Speak to the north and say the money cometh. Come on, Church City, we need a new building. The money cometh. Come on. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. God is a provider and we must trust him. But faith is not magic. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Listen, listen. Faith is not getting God to fulfill your words. Faith is God getting you to fulfill his Oftentimes, God is putting you th through something so you can believe something he said. Not so you could do something you want him to do. Amen? And so, instead of her talking God talk, she gets frustrated and now she's aiming at shadows. Except the substance. And, and the Bible says that she said, sleep with my servant. And listen to this, y'all. She now elevated a servant girl into a wife. Never elevate someone into a position they were never meant to be in. Put that up there. Let them see that. A lot of people put, don't make, don't make somebody, hallelujah, single people, don't elevate nobody who ain't supposed to be your spouse into a position they were never meant to be in. Come on, somebody. Never elevate. If you're a business person, be careful who you put in positions. If they were not meant to be there, sometimes the wrong people in a position can ruin the whole thing. I'm talking to every business person, every career oriented, every, every ministry person. You have to understand this. You will go as far as your team. And if, you, if, you've got, if you've got the wrong people in the wrong places, you will go as far as your circles. Now, I hate, I'm, I hate to be the type of preacher that says, if you're the smartest person in the room, it's time for you to leave the room. No, stay in the room because they need a smart person in the room. That means God got you there to teach. We, we talk all this stupid stuff. On, on, on the internet because it sounds good. If you're the smartest person in the room, it's time for you to leave the room. Well, who's going to teach them? Because some of the communities I came out of, I sure don't want to live there no more. I sure don't even want to hang with them for 10 minutes. But if I don't, who will? So you got to stay in the room. But it doesn't mean that you got to leave those people totally. So that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that there are times in your life that you have to look around at your circle and examine. You don't belong in this position. And if I elevate you to that just because we friends, just because of whatever, just because of my desperation, just because of my need. You make friends. You make anybody your friend because you just you feel lonely. I need a friend. And you let anybody in your life. And you elevate people into your life that don't belong there. And they can ruin your life. And this, this person, she elevated a, a servant girl into a wife. And look at what happens. The Bible says, so Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. So Abram had sexual relations with Hagar. Why the Bible write it like that? Because every time I hear that, I remember a present. Never mind. Um, <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. Hallelujah. And she became pregnant. What was supposed to be a seed for her is now someplace else. Look at this. And look, she got the nerve now to get mad. But watch this, y'all. Abraham's fault here is not that he listened to his wife. Listen to this point. 
It's not that he listened to his wife. It's that he didn't listen to God. And that's the same problem Adam had. Adam's wife said, hey, you want a piece of fruit? He said, sure. Which fruit is that? The one God said not to eat. But I heard that God is actually going to make us like him. The Bible says that what the woman saw, when it hit her eyes, it was pleasing, it was desirable, and what she felt colored what she spoke. Every man in this room, listen to me, I don't care what the culture says, you are priests and leaders of your home. You're not called to be gangbangers. You're not called to be killers. You're not called to be none of that. You're called to be priests and prophets. I am not the pastor of your house. You are. My re- the responsibility for your home serving God is not me. The responsibility for every home in God's order is that the man is priest of his home. If you're a man and you don't like to read the Bible in your home, you ain't doing a good job. Being a pastor is not an easy job. Being a shepherd means that at times you got to tell sheep that's wrong. At the expense of them saying, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. But you still have to tell them. As a shepherd, I have to decide what God has said to me is right. Not when I, I am dreading 2024 this political year. Because when the last time it happened, you don't know how many people came to me and tell me I need to stand with the movement. I said, what movement? I stand with Jesus. You think a Democrat or a Republican is kingdom? They all crazy. When y'all realize it's one party, y'all going to get it. You think these people are fighting for God? They all, they all headed in the same direction. And I'm telling you this. The, the way to, re, to, to revel, study, study church history and you'll see that the way to change society is to change men. Not We must vote. We must go out and make the best decisions we can that we think is not for us, but lines up with the word of God. But at the end of the day, if you truly want to change society, you got to change men, which means the church got to become evangelistic again in preaching the gospel. When you study church history, there were times when God broke out revivals, not revivals where we sing songs for six weeks. But revivals where the bar was closed, where prostitutes, people pulled up trying to pick up. And what happened to the ladies? They in church. What happened to the bar? It's closed. What? They got saved. What happened to the drug spot? And all of the people that were providing sin were no longer sinners. So society actually reflected the heart of men. God will always give a nation the king it desires. The king will always. Always reflect the heart of the people. So that's why when I look at leadership and I look at society and I say, well, how could they legalize things that are common sense? Because the people want it. If they didn't want it, they'd rise. When people don't want something, they tell you in a heartbeat. 
I don't mean to get political, but, but you get what I'm saying, amen? It is not that he listened to his wife, it's that he didn't listen to God. And every man in this room, I charge you to listen to the voice of God. Now, women, I don't want to make you feel like you're less than or anything there. You have the same responsibility. His mistake is hers too. She listened to her pain instead of God. Eve listened to whatever instead of God. We are called as individuals in this room to trust God's word over everything else. And Abraham did that and he went on and he messed up. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And now Sarah is trying to fulfill her calling through someone else. Never try to live out your calling through someone else. Whatever God is going to do in your life, he's going to do through you. Now watch this. So Abraham had sexual relations with Hagar and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sarah, with contempt. She got different when she got elevated. Now to everybody in here, be careful when you get elevated, you don't act funny. We remember. We remember when you were nothing and you were begging. It was nothing else other than God that looked out for you and put you in a higher position. Hallelujah. Because as quick as you get elevated, you could be demoted. And let me tell you this. She didn't know Miss Sarah. Mrs. Sarah don't play. As fast as Mrs. Sarah hire you, she'll fire you and your child. This Mrs. Sarah had no mercy. She literally was trying to fulfill her desires. And when she saw this ain't working out, she could care less about the child. She could care less about the mother. Then she flipped out on the men. And men, this is why you got to, when your, when your wife speaks, just like, you know what I'm saying? Just like, just amen, amen, hallelujah. Just say, God, you're going to have to help me with this. Come on, man, help me out here. I'm getting myself in trouble here. Amen, hallelujah. But, but, but when, your wife, when your wife speaks sometimes, you just got to, all right, just get out of that amen but but this man this man this man listened to his wife and and and, and just like women i mean uh, not just like women but uh, i didn't say that out loud but 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 just you know sometimes women are emotional i'm saying these things out loud lord come on control my mouth you know sometimes women change as the wind changes one day they want this one day you know every sunday is a great service until you hit the car and you say what you want to eat hallelujah it, it, it's it's frustrating because such a confident woman worshiping in the lord you over there admiring your wife like look at my wife love God. Soon as you get to the car, like, what happened? The anointing and left you. You don't know. It's like women, women are just, men are trying to figure them out. That's why you need the grace of God to be a husband. And all the men say, y'all in trouble for saying amen. Y'all in trouble for saying amen. Wilding. Wow, you got me back from the back. Amen. But watch this, watch this. The same woman that says, look, he slept with Hagar, she conceived, and when she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarah said to Abraham, you're responsible for the wrong I'm suffering. I got a question for you. Men, I know I was bugging. Is she wrong? I never forget, I went to a, a celebration for a young man who was getting married and all the people were giving speeches to him and giving him words of encouragement. An older gentleman woke up, he said, this, this was his word. And we all just like, okay, this, this event is over. 
He said, I just want to say, if your wife is hungry, it's your fault. If your children are suffering, it's your fault. And he named like the worst things that could ever happen. And everything, he just turned to the young man and said, it's your fault. No words, no nothing after. And left. And every man in the room was like, my man. <laughs> but I understood what he was saying. You're the priest of your home. When my wife makes decisions and I okay them, I don't turn around and tell her. And when my wife come to me, it is my job to say, babe, I know you want to do this, but let's look at what the word of God says, please. And we might argue for weeks, but I believe the spirit of God is going to lead us before I make a wrong decision and aim at a shadow. She said, you did this. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. <laughs> hey, women don't play, boy. Your slave is in your hands, Abraham. See, he got some fire in him. Fight back. Come on, Abraham, fight back. Your slave is in your hands. Do with us whatever you think is best. Then Sarai mistreated Agar, and she fled from her. Don't be mad at the people you put in a position that they were never meant to be in in the first place. That's what happens when you elevate people that don't belong there. You turn around being mad at them for what they were never meant to be. She was never meant to be pregnant with a child, God promised you. But now you're mad? If they're from, from New York, Hagar would be like, why are you mad, bro? I don't know why I said that. Here's what I want to end with. You cannot get God's blessing without doing it God's way. And then lastly, help God by trusting God. The only help you can give God is trusting God. Anything else added or subtracted is going to mess the thing up. Help God by trusting God. This king went out and he shot and he shot his arrows only to find out that what he thought was success and pro prosperity was not the blessing. And what she thought was going to be a blessing was not a blessing to her. America sells you false dreams, false hope, false illusions of what success is. I'm not telling you God won't cause you to prosper. God knows you need money. He knows you need finances. God knows you need things in order to survive. He knows your needs even before you ask them. And God is able to supply all, not some, all of your needs. My needs are not only financial. My needs are spiritual. 
Our needs are emotional. God is able to supply. And when God meet a need, it ain't a halfway need. It is met. The problem is, though, that a lot of us aim at things that are not God. Only to find out that we are left with emptiness. That we are left with things that are meaningless. If you are in this room today, I want you to know that the best of what you will ever have in this world will never be like Jesus. Because, and I'm going to show you something that Abraham eventually really learned from God. There was a point in his life, and I close with this, when him and Lot were so blessed. Lot was his nephew. And they were so blessed that their companies started fighting one another. Microsoft and Apple. <laughs> they ain't like one another. Android and Apple. Come on, Android, make some noise. Y'all are soft in this place. <laughs> Apple, where y'all at? <laughs> now y'all shout louder for the, the bitten apple you. than you did for Jesus. But I ain't being... Hallelujah. Nah, I'm joking with y'all. Y'all can have your fun. Um, my wife is on an Android. She needs Jesus. <laughs> the only one in the house. Uh, we go to war with her like, what are you doing? Then got the nerve to say, I should get an iPad. Say, any Android owner that buys an iPad is their secret way of getting an iPhone. We know. Hallelujah. Go get a galaxy pad. Y'all didn't want that. Amen. What am I doing? It's the worst altar call ever. Hallelujah. The two companies were fighting. Lot and Abraham, they were fighting. Lot said, we, Abraham said, we don't got to fight. You know what? You, you pick wherever you want to go. And wherever you don't pick, I'll go. The Bible says, Lot looked and he saw that Sodom was the city that looked like it was popping. It looked like I can prosper there. He pulled back his arrow and he said, this looked like what I, where I want to be. And he took the land flowing with milk and honey. It's like, Abraham, you had the upper hand. Why you ain't take the best? Because Abraham understood that the shadow is not the substance. See, when you got true prosperity, people say this, you're blessed. Look at what you have. When somebody is blessed, the things that they have automatically follows Understand what I'm saying? I'm not talking riches. I'm you, you, you're blessed because you're always so joyous. You don't understand. It's not the they think these external things, it's what's making me blessed. They don't understand who I am is what is bringing the external things. Like, like, like they look at a brother like Marcus and they say, well, What are you doing? Christian hip hop? No, that's 20 something years and nobody still wants that in church. 
What are you doing making a whole award show with that? And, and then they walk into the room on Broadway, on Symphony Space, and it's on Broadway. It's a unit. It's everything that Broadway is. And you walk in there and you see this incredible stuff. And you see the theater packed and you say, wow. And then they now when they see it, they say, Marcus, you're blessed. Because they think the outward stuff is what made you blessed. But they don't know it's who God has got you to be that defines what's going to come. And so while Lot looked, he didn't understand that his connection to his uncle was the reason he was going to be blessed. So now he looked at the, the, the shadow and said, there's a bigger shadow over there. Me and my shadows, we're going to go and take our stuff. And he went to the worst place you could ever live. And read the rest of Lot's life. Read what his daughters did to him when he was drunk. Read how he ended up. So where did Abraham go? It didn't matter where Abraham went. Because wherever he touched was going to be blessed. That's like when Brinson said his mama told him, wherever you set your foot, claim it. Because your foot stepped there, that God says, this is my ground. And so my brother was the one, one of the first persons who made me go to Japan. By the way, he went back to Japan and met the same pastor that's coming in. And when he met him, he said, man, that's the best dude I met in Japan. Humble, love the Lord. And every, and, and it's so funny because God is doing something even in that. It's so crazy what's happening. We're going to go there and we're going to, we're going to, we don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to do something in the name of Jesus. But every place your foot set is yours. Why? Because you know blessings is, 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 is not dependent on externals. It is success is, is, is not depending on externals to validate it. But because of who it is, it is, it is a connection in God that the enemy cannot penetrate. And because of whose you are, you now know who you are and automatically the externals got to change. My marriage got to work because God is with me. God is going to bring a breakthrough in my ministry because he's with me. Difficulty doesn't mean abandonment. And you better believe God is a keeper of his word. Yes, Hagar had a child. But God said, because you laughed, you will name him Isaac. So that you will be reminded every time that you laughed when I spoke. Help God by trusting God. Every head bow, every eyes closed. Come on, lift your hands to heaven.